A deal has been reached to sell the controversial James R. Thompson Center in Chicago. Governor J.B. Pritzker signs a bill repealing the parental notification of abortion law. The state's unemployment rate is down, but COVID-19 cases are on the rise again. And Capital News Illinois welcomes a new reporter. We'll talk about all that on this edition of Capital Cast. Hello and welcome to this holiday edition of Capital Cast, a regular podcast of Capital News Illinois. I'm Peter Hancock. Jerry Nowicki is off, but I'm here today with the newest addition to the CNI News team. Beth Hunsdorfer comes to us most recently from the Illinois State Police, where she was a public information officer. She's also a veteran investigative reporter for the Belleville News Democrat. Beth, welcome aboard. Hi, thanks for having me. Okay, so get right into it. Uh, Governor Pritzker held a much-anticipated news conference this week at the Thompson Center in Chicago. Let's listen to what he had to say. I am pleased to make an announcement today that has been years in the making. For two decades, Illinois governors have known that the sale of the James R. Thompson Center was essential to achieving efficiency in our state government operations. Today, I am proud to announce that for the very first time, we're taking a massive step forward with a plan that will result in the sale of the Thompson Center and that will save taxpayers $800 million. Okay, so Beth, you covered this story. Uh, He says it's going to save the state $800 million. That's stretched out over a period of time, right? And it sounds like it's a lot of back maintenance that hadn't been kept up with, that it was basically like selling a house that needed massive repairs. Yeah. I remember that building went up in 1985 uh, by the very famous architect Helmut Jahn, who actually passed away earlier this year. And I remember it seems like if you talk to people in Chicago, half of them thought it was the most beautiful, modern-looking structure anybody had ever I seen. I liked it myself. I did. Yeah. I remember one critic, you know, the 1980s was uh, when the original Star Wars franchise was out. One critic said it reminded them of Jabba the Hutt. Uh, There were a lot of people who really didn't like it. There have been a lot of previous attempts to sell it. I think uh, most recently, uh, Governor Rauner would routinely put in his budget proposals some random amount of money uh, so he could say he was offering a balanced budget, you know, from the sale of the Thompson Center, but he never got it done. Uh, At one point, I think he was asking for like $300 million for it. Uh, What did Governor Pritzker finally get? I, I, I think it had the sale price, and the sale is not yet consummated. So we're, the sale price, the cash in hand, is $70 million. Okay, so significantly less than significantly less. what other people had talked about. Uh, and so tell us about who's buying it and what their plans are. Um, it's purchased by uh, uh, JRTC Holdings. Um Guy that's controlled by a guy named Mike Reschke. He's a real estate developer, and he's done a lot of things along the LaSalle corridor. Um, and this is part of his project. It's going to be multi-use. Sounds like he talked about retail, maybe a hotel, and some office buildings that eventually the state will move back into. 
Okay, so the state is going to maintain a presence in yeah. the building. Yeah, oh, sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and for those who haven't been there, it's right in the central part of downtown Chicago. Underneath it, I think, is one of the busiest uh, metro transit centers in Chicago. Yes. Uh, and that's going to remain open, uh, which I think everybody uh, was happy about. Uh, so all in all, does this sound like a fairly decent uh, move for the state? Well, they had to purchase other space for office workers to move into. But again, it's kind of, it sounds like there was a lot of, this place has needed a lot of maintenance for a long time that hasn't been done. So I think that, uh, yeah, it's, it's probably a, a fairly decent deal for the state of Illinois. Okay, and then uh, Friday afternoon, late in the week, we got word that Governor Pritzker had signed a bill into law, one of the more controversial bills that passed out of the recent session, the repeal of the Parental Notification of Abortion Act. Uh, this was actually passed in its present form in 1995, but it didn't go into effect until 2013 because there was a lot of litigation around it. Uh, tell us a little bit about what this bill did and what the reaction to it has been. I think there's a lot of concern about um, medical a medical procedure being performed on a minor without the parent's notification or or consent. In fact, um, the point is is uh, you can't a minor can't get their ears pierced or even take medication without a parent knowing about it. It's a pretty big um, procedure. On the other hand, there's lots of reasons to believe that um, people who are seeking abortion would be concerned, uh, be in a situation where they feel like they wouldn't want their parents to know um, in the case of incest or abuse within the family. That may be a real issue for a young girl to have to talk through. Um, and maybe in that situation, she's mature enough to be autonomous and make a, a, a good decision for her future without facing any further ramifications. And we heard a lot of those same arguments when this was being debated in the General Assembly. Uh, Republicans, by and large, were saying that, uh, just as you said, that uh, you have to get parental permission to give a child an aspirin at school. Uh, certainly ought to be able to notify parents of a major medical procedure. On the other hand, the people who were in favor of the law, including some of the judges who hear the appeals uh, from uh, young mothers seeking the judicial bypass, uh, that the overwhelming majority of minors who seek an abortion do in fact talk to their parents. It's a very small percentage that would prefer not to going to court uh, to get a judicial uh, permission is a hassle for a lot of people uh, in both large cities and rural areas uh, getting to a courthouse is not necessarily very convenient uh, so it was really kind of this small percentage of well, that and can you, you imagine know. the embarrassment of telling a complete the predicament you must be in to have to tell a complete stranger your circumstances as yeah. opposed to telling your parents and I do remember one judge I can't remember her name but she heard a lot of these cases and she talked about how they were she would never hold the hearing in a courtroom they would go back to her chambers she would not wear the judicial robe they would just sit in chairs and 
she would talk to the young woman. Uh, but it, it, and she talked about how it, it was very traumatizing for uh, the ones who did manage to make it in. Um, but then again, you've got uh, the Illinois Right to Life organization. Uh, you have many pro-life legislators who thought that this uh, was really going too far. So we're now going into an election year. I guess you have to think about uh, are there going to be ramifications for this at the ballot box? I guess we'll have to wait and see. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I just... Well, uh, as I said, this is our holiday edition of Capital Cast. Lawmakers are scheduled to return to the State House on January 4th for what is scheduled to be an abbreviated session. They hope to wrap up in early April, giving them plenty of time to get back home and for those running for re-election uh, to campaign. Uh, primaries this year have been pushed back to June 28th. Uh, and then we'll be in, in the middle of election season. Meanwhile, uh, one other piece of, two other pieces of news that came up this week. The state's unemployment rate fell to 5.7%, uh, which is the lowest it's been since the start of the pandemic. It hit about 16, 16.5% in March when the pandemic and the shutdowns first started. It's been on a steady decline since then, now down to 5.7%. So it looks like the economy is continuing to bounce back. Uh, but it is still higher than it was in January of 2000, before the pandemic. It was at 3.5% back then, which was the lowest the state had recorded in many, many years. At the same time, we got word Friday that COVID-19 cases are really on the rise. The Department of Public Health reported 59,312 new cases just in the past week. That's a 19.5% increase from the week before and a 110% increase from the same week in November. Uh, some people are blaming it on the Omicron variant, uh, which is thought to be much more contagious, although we don't really know much about that. It just showed up earlier this month in Illinois. We do know that we're in the middle of cold weather uh, in the winter season when people are indoors more often in unventilated spaces around in close proximity to other people. 3,783 people were reported in the hospital this past week. That's up 16% from last week and 115% from the same week a month ago. So it is still very dangerous out there. If you're planning on traveling and being with family over the holidays, please be careful and mind all of the public health guidelines that we've heard about for so long. Wear masks when you're in uh, confined spaces with other people you don't know, uh, wash your hands frequently, and get vaccinated if you haven't been vaccinated. And get your booster. And get your booster. So that will do it for this edition of Capital Cast. Capital Cast is a production of Capital News Illinois, a statehouse reporting project of the Illinois Press Foundation with significant funding from the Robert McCormick Foundation. Until next time, have a happy holiday season, stay safe, and thank you for listening.